Prize Life podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things when they have the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith. I'm a stress reduction coach who is all about helping you significantly reduce your stress so that you have more time and energy for the things that matter most in life to you. Now, I'm really excited about today's podcast guest. So we are going to be joined by Kat Gaskin. Now, you may or may not have heard of Kat, but I'm going to bet that you have heard of this quote. Be a pineapple, stand tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside. Yes, Kat Gaskin created that quote. She is the originator of it. And yet nobody knows it or so very few people know it because her work was just sort of ripped off the internet and people shared it everywhere. Well, so we do talk about that in today's uh, interview with Kat as sort of what it's like for your work to go viral and for you not to get any credit for it. But we talk about so much more. Kat is a world traveler. She has created a location independent business. She runs a graphic and web design business called Salty Pineapple, as well as being the creator of the very first physical content planner for your social media. And it is named the Content Planner. I have one myself. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, It really has helped me figure out how to be consistent with my content. That's something I really struggled with before. And it's just a beautiful creation. So uh, as we speak, there are only a few of these left. So if you go to thecontentplanner.com, I highly recommend that you pick up one of them. Now, today on the podcast with Kat, we talk about, like I said, what it's like to have sort of your work um, stolen from you, essentially. We talk about the process of her actually leaving her nine nine to five job for a freelance lifestyle. We talk about the struggles of entrepreneurship, how the content planner came to be, uh, how she actually tackles specific goals and collaboration, what we need to be doing differently on Instagram, and so many more things. It's a fantastic episode, and I had an absolute blast with Kat. So you can find all the links for everything today over on the show notes at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast dash 115. Now, this episode is brought to you in part by the Alberta Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, which happens on October 10th. So the Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. And this year, the focus is on what it takes to create a healthy workplace culture where everyone thrives. Supporting health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces, and Alberta Blue Cross wants to connect the dots of what it takes to create healthier workplaces with happy people. There's so many incredible speakers uh, and Alberta Blue Cross has designed the summit so that you're not just sitting and listening. (laughs) That wouldn't be very wellness oriented, would it? You'll have a chance to actively engage with the information, the speakers and other attendees, and you're going to come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources that you can use whether you're a frontline worker or a C-suite executive. So the summit is at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th, and you can learn more at thewellnesssummit.ca. Now, the Girl Trust Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. So I did want to tell you about another uh, one of our great members. So given that, you know, a big thing that Kat and I talk about in this interview is social media and content and all that great stuff, the network includes uh, a podcast called Don't Call Me a Guru, which is all about social media strategy from a, from a Canadian social media strategist, Linda Wong. 
And I highly recommend that you actually check out episode number 27 as I record this. It's the most recent one. And she talks about social media and content strategy with Tourism Calgary. So I live in Calgary. Um, And we discuss how they develop their own content, work with individuals and influencers, and create these user-generated content. I am personally a huge fan of the Tourism Calgary, you know, Instagram, Facebook feed. I think they're doing such an incredible job. So I definitely recommend checking out that episode. Okay, so without further ado, let's head into our interview with Kat. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for joining us on the podcast. We're really pleased to have you. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to chatting with you, Victoria, and also your community. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I first heard about you when I was I was very sad not to be able to go to the Ace Classes Rise Conference <laughs> this year. And everyone, and I mean everyone, was raving about you and the content planner. So I needed to get to lo- know a little bit more about you. But before we get into the content planner and all the things you do, I'm hoping you can just give us a little bit of background because you have a interesting story of quitting your nine to five. So I'm hoping you can tell us about that. Yes. First of all, the RISE conference was a complete game changer. So much has happened in my life and business since speaking at that event and even just being around such incredible ladies. So thank you to Ace Class for having me and everyone at RISE conference. You definitely have to be there. You better be there next March. I know. And Mandy's <laughs> um, a friend of the podcast. We've had, we've had her on before. So we'll have to have to get yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Mandy for being an absolute goddess. <laughs> Uh, A little bit about me. Yeah, my name is Kat Gaskin. I am based out of Toronto, Canada. I'm by trade a graphic designer turned content creator turned e-commerce business owner. I quit my job in October 2012. So that was seven years ago. I've been doing this whole working for myself, freelance, boss babe, entrepreneur thing for seven years now. And I first thought about quitting my job. It was in about 2011, and I was working full-time for, out of all places, the College of Physiotherapists here in Toronto as a communications associate. And, I, you know, I was loving the nine-to-five life. I liked commuting. I liked wearing work clothes. It was a nice change from, you know, when you just come out of university, that's kind of the ideal job that you want. You want a salary. You want stability. You want benefits you want actual vacation days. And I realized after, I mean, that's completely changed now, but after a few years of working at a desk job, I was bored. I was unfulfilled. I was unsatisfied. And being creative, there's always this voice inside telling you, you know, you could do more, you could be more. Why aren't you creating from a place of happiness and a place that is truly your own and yourself. And I knew I'd always want to work for myself. So it was that day in 2011, sitting at my desk, that I decided to start planning to quit my job. And this is something I always try to tell people and explain to them is that I didn't do this overnight. I actually planned and saved for a year and a half. At the time, I had a house, I had car, expenses, buy groceries, I to support my life. And I'm just, I'm not one for just making decisions and, you know, overnight quitting my job and starting a new lifestyle. So I saved and planned for a year and a half. October 2012 was day one of Salty Pineapple, which is my personal brand. It's similar to 
like Beyonce's Sasha Fierce, like Salty Pineapple is not really my stage name, but it's a place where I can just be me and be creative and have fun and play. And I started doing freelance graphic design, which was definitely a journey, but it taught me a lot about dealing with clients and really pursuing the kind of work that I wanted to instead of the work that I had to do. Then with graphic design, it turned into content creation, so photography, shooting for brands, really being on Instagram and learning the ins and outs of the app, like what works, what didn't, what photos did really well. I really honed in on my hashtag strategy and writing different brands down on my hit list, which is like my list of dream clients that I want to work with. So really culminating the skills to be more strategic with Instagram instead of just being on the app. Like I wanted to be really, really good at it. And that took a few years and I worked with a ton of brands. I shot for a, a lot of different companies. One of the huge factors and struggles of my community, even even planning and goal setting and relating, relating that back to your content plan. So those two words definitely resonate with me. I hear where you're coming from. When I first started, I came up with a plan and I wrote it down. So I made, I remember the first thing I did was I made myself a to-do list of projects that I would want to work on, even if I didn't have work. Because when I first started and, you know, day one of Healthy Pineapple, I didn't necessarily have all the clients, you know, knocking on my door. And so step one was to make a list of projects that I wanted to work on that eventually I could get paid for. Because, you know, that saying of do the work for free and people will eventually pay you. That is so true. Next is, and, I, and you touched on this a little bit, is feeling fulfilled. And that was the major thing with Salty Pineapple is, yes, I, at the beginning, you have to do the work to pay the bills, which, you know, everyone, everyone gets, everyone understands. But I would also, in the evening time, um, like in my off hours, quote unquote, I would do fun work, like Salty Pineapple, fun, designing in Photoshop, like editing photos that were from the beach and palm trees, really honing in on my personal brand voice and what I looked like on the screen, how, what my voice would be when I spoke to my community and spending a lot of time discovering myself and really figuring out, okay, who am I as a graphic designer? What is my personal brand? What does that look like? And that's what made me feel fulfilled and motivated to keep going because I was having so much fun doing it and it came from a place that truly made me feel happy and joyful. So there's that aspect of it. And even up until today, which is why I actually have this section in the content planner, I tracked my wins. I tracked even the like tiny little small accomplishments that I was achieving every day, whether it was, okay, I made $100 doing this like tiny logo project. That was a win for me. Or today, I gained five followers. Or today, I got a really thoughtful and emotional comment from one person who I don't even know who told me that my photo brightened their day. 
So I wrote all of those down and I kept a record of those, whether it was on my phone, I used to take like screenshots of things and put them into a wind folder, or I would physically write them down. And science actually proves that when you record and you write down your progress and your daily smaller achievements, it is so effective in keeping you on track and motivated more so than celebrating those big milestones. So writing your wins down is crucial to staying motivated and being in it for the long haul. I couldn't agree with that more. As a life coach, the first thing I do at the beginning of every session with a client is sort of what went well this week. And it can be tiny or it can be big, but it's the same concept, right? Like you actually build people's confidence and their, you know, their just true belief that they are making progress when you show that every little bit adds up. Yeah, because when you run your own business, you forget that every day you're making progress because you're in it. You're you're on tunnel vision, you're so focused on the end goal that it's okay, you know, you forget sometimes that you are making progress and just writing it down, having it even in your planner beside your daily tasks and to-dos is so effective in reminding yourself, oh, wow, like I actually did that this week, so I can keep on going for next time. Yeah. I want to ask you really quick about salty pineapple because you, most people wouldn't realize, I didn't until I sort of dug a little deeper, that you created (laughs) the infamous be a pineapple, stand tall, wear a crown, and be sweet on the inside (laughs) quote, which is epic. So congratulations. But I'm really curious because I feel like I have seen it everywhere in the past year. Are you getting credit for that? Like, are people just ripping off your work? That is such an interesting question. And to answer it, I am receiving zero credit, zero credit, zero royalties, zero exposure. I could have been a pineapple billionaire by this (laughs) point. Right? (laughs) And it is, it's a journey. It's a not that it's a sensitive topic to me, but it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet because the origins of the quote came from such a raw, honest place. I created it as an ethos for my brand and my life and just a statement that I could use for Instagram. Like I originally posted it as a caption on Instagram with a graphic mm-hmm. and that was back in 2014 and it's gone viral ever since without credit, mind you. Yeah. Like Reese Witherspoon has retweeted it on all her social channels. Um, it's in like Charming Charlie and Walmart. China has it in all their like factories. And it's definitely been bittersweet because as a creator, you you want that validation, you want the recognition, and you want the money because corporations are making money off of your idea, off of your words. And there is literally no argument that I didn't create that. I mean, I know what I created, I know what I did, and I know I put it out there. Yeah. So there's that side of it, which is kind of the dark and ugly side. And then there is this incredible, magical side of that quote going so viral. And like, it gives me goosebumps every time I think about it, because if that quote didn't go viral, I wouldn't be receiving messages from mom telling me, oh, your quote really like helped my daughter get through bullying at school, you know, and helping people be more confident in themselves, helping them to be kind and to be sweet on the inside and to treat themselves like royalty and just put out that message of positivity. So those messages and those stories that 
have happened because of the quote will forever trump like the dark side of it, you yeah. know, not getting paid. And I've let that go. I've, I've come to really accept that the quote is much bigger than me. It's not just about salty pineapple anymore. It's my contribution to the world. And there's plenty more where that came from. My yeah. creativity is it's infinite. And that is only the beginning. I, I know what you're saying. Like there is a, a beauty and a, and a challenge to it. We've had a former guest on the podcast who is a painter and she had her work ripped off of mm-hmm. social media and was being sold uh, in like major uh, department stores in the US, but like through multiple layers, like they didn't realize it was hers. And like, it's like, what do you do and how do you, how do you sort of challenge it? So yeah. it's good that you've been able to take something positive from it and, um, and you're right. You are an endless source of creative material in there. Yeah. And I actually did try to trademark it, but it was rejected because it has gone so viral. So I have tried to take legal measures. But at the end of the day, I have no energy left to claim what I think is mine. And I've made my attempts and I've made peace with it. Yeah. And it's I mean, how much money do you want to spend going down that rabbit hole? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't want to take it away from small business owners either. I don't want to, it, it's actually the opposite of what the quote stands for. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm happy with, with, with it now. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk a little about like your life on Instagram looks fabulous and I definitely have some beach envy <laughs> going on, especially living in Chile, Calgary, Alberta. But I know as a yeah. small business owner, like any freelancer, small business, any entrepreneur, there's a grind to it no matter what you are able, you know, all the positives and what you're able to share on Instagram. So I'm curious what element of entrepreneurship you struggle with the most and how you support yourself through that struggle and growth. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, Instagram for me, it's I use it as a vision board. And that's how I always used it. Even when I wasn't going to the beach all the time, I would actually download other people's photos off of like royalty-free stock websites. And I would edit them and post them on my Instagram feed because I was that girl sitting in her home office in Whitby, Ontario with like tons of snow outside, just wishing, like yearning for the beach. And so I use Instagram as a way to remind myself, okay, this is what makes me happy. This is what I want to look at. And one day I'm going to be that girl in that sunset photo. And fast forward a few years and now I can share my own photos with me in it. I'm posting all of my own beach shots. So yes, it is a highlight reel, but it's also a way for me to personally remind myself about where I want to be and to inspire myself. And if that triggers other people to be inspired, like then my duty is done. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of what I, yeah, in terms of what I struggle with, balance is something I struggle with a lot. A lot of people, they just like you said, they see all my beach photos and they see all my tropical escapes. But it's also very difficult to balance a vacation mindset as well as a work mindset. Mm-hmm. So even when I'm at the beach, I'm actually working. I'm still shooting photos. I'm still thinking of gathering content. I'm still thinking about the content planner and what I could be doing better. Like your brain just never really shuts off because you don't have a physical office or workspace 
that you're there and you're working, and then when you leave, you're not working. So you bring your work with you everywhere you go, which is why it's so important to love what you do and to love your work and your job and to have a much bigger purpose than, you know, just making money and selling a product or offering a service. So balance is a huge struggle for me and also continuing to grow and always wanting to be better and to want more. Recently, I'm trying to work on my mindset of what I'm doing right now is enough for me and whatever comes my way will unfold as it will be. When you run your own business, you're like, okay, I want more sales than last year. I want to triple my customer base. I want like thousands and thousands of more downloads. And it's just overwhelming sometimes for telling myself that, you know, growth is welcome and I receive it, but it's also okay to accept that what you're doing right now is enough. And I think that's a common struggle shared by entrepreneurs, right? Like we just, we, we want it to move a little faster. That's probably every element of life, right? Like we're a little, yeah. we're less patient probably than we've ever been as a society, but slow and steady is better than, you know, a quick rise in burnout, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to interrupt today's episode really briefly because I want to let you know about Stress Less in 90 Days. So if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but you guys, the deadline is coming up June 30th. If you want to sign up for Stress Less in 90 Days and get the early bird offer where you will get a custom little stress case, it's stress case they're called, but it's a self-care kit that you will get in the mail. So yes, Stressless in 90 Days is going to be launching in September, but if you sign up early, not only will you get the self-care kit in the mail, you're also going to get early access to the foundational week of programming. So that's a nutrition plan, that is how to improve your sleep, a nighttime yoga routine, some box breathing and body scan meditations. You're going to get all of that stuff early, which nobody else will. And if you don't know what Stressless in 90 Days is, what it is is my partner coach and I, Amy Mitchell, we have taken all of the knowledge that we have on how to significantly reduce your stress as coaches, and we've created an an affordable online group coaching program for you. So there will also be a self-led program, but the group coaching is honestly where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck because you're going to have this 12 weeks of online content that you will have lifetime access to, and you're also going to get the benefit of group coaching calls so that we can tackle whatever your individual stressors are. So whether you're finding a lot of stress at home or with work or with relationships, we will be able to tackle that. And with the group program, you're also going to get access to a Facebook group where we're going to be doing weekly live chats, where we're going to be sharing recipes and other information and all sorts of resources to really make sure that you build these stress reduction habits that are going to last you a lifetime. Now, we truly believe that life isn't stressless, but you can stress less. And I say that because if anyone told you that they can create a stress-free lifestyle for you, I mean, they're selling you a complete and utter lie. What Amy and I know is that life is going to have stressors that are going to come up. People get laid off from jobs. Family members get sick. People, uh, you know, the challenges of raising kids, all those different kinds of things, entrepreneurship, you name it. Stressors are going to hit you. 
but it's all in your mindset, your habits, and everything that you've got supporting you. And so that's what this program, Stress Less in 90 Days, is going to do. It's going to create this system around you, and you're going to figure out how to tackle your own stressors going forward so that after the program, you're living a significantly less stressful life. So if you want the information, I highly recommend that you sign up before June 30th because we would really love to get some of those stress cases out into the mail. Uh, Sign up before June 30th and you can do that at stresslessladies.com forward slash coaching. Okay, so back to the interview. So part of uh, one of the things I think you do so, so well as a business owner is lead generation and engagement with potential clients and customers. And you shared this phenomenal story recently on how you had a very specific goal that you wanted to speak at the ACE class rise conference. I'm hoping you can share with us, like, how did, how did you go about that? Cause I think a lot of people would think maybe out of my league or maybe like, how do I, yeah. How did you go about that? Yeah, uh, a backstory on how I got there. One, I have really no prior public speaking experience. I knew, I didn't even know Mandy. I didn't know anyone at eighth class. I'm from Toronto, so I don't have any Calgary connections. And I was on Instagram. I had been following eighth class for a while, and I love the community. I love what they stood for. Their brand aligned perfectly with the content planner, and I had set the goal to do more public speaking. I wanted to do a workshop on the content planner and really get the ball rolling with that side of my business and my career. And what I did was I looked up the, first I wrote it down in my planner. In my content planner, I wrote down eighth class and I underlined it. And then I brainstormed three to four specific ways that I could collaborate with the brand and kind of four different offers, whether it was running a brunch or gifting them planners or speaking at Rise, which like would be ultimate goal, or maybe I could just contribute some blog content. So I came up with four specific ideas that when the time was right, I could present to Mandy. And so I had all of my strategies laid out. I had eighth class on my hit list. I was ready and focused. And then I looked on their Instagram account and realized that we have a lot of mutual followers and one of them was Make Lemonade, which is my co-working space. And so I asked Rachel, who is the founder of Make Lemonade, I said, Rachel, I would love to work with Ace Class. Would you be able to refer me or intro me to Mandy? And she's like, yeah, of course, absolutely. I think you guys would be a great fit. She sent an email that day introing me to Mandy. And the next day I got Mandy on the phone And within eight minutes, I made her my offer. I essentially made her an offer she couldn't refuse. (laughs) I said, hey, Mandy, you don't know who I am. This is what I'm all about. This is what I stand for. I'm willing to gift every single attendee at my workshop a content planner. I'll teach them how to use it. And I would love to support the ACOP community going forward. And she immediately said yes. And that was a huge breakthrough for me because I realized that writing things down in your planner and really strategizing and coming up with actionable things you can offer not only kept me focused on the final goal, but it gave me such clarity that I'm sure when I talked to Mandy, I was already so sure of myself and I knew that 
she wasn't going to say no. And so I presented my offer. She said yes. And within the week, I was up on their website as a speaker. And then I attended, did my workshop, and I sold at a I sold out out of all the planners that I had brought there because they also did a pop-up in their market. That's incredible. And I just, yeah, I remember watching that and people being like all the people in the workshop being so excited. And that was a huge value. Like the, you know, the cost of the planners, like that was a big gift that you gave all those attendees, which is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, the, the gift of planning, the gift of clarity and confidence. And it was a gift for me too, seeing women actually touch and hold the planner and open it and interact with it because my business is just online. It's just e-commerce. And that was actually the first time I had seen women interact with it on that level. And also that was the first time I ever did an in-person sales transaction. Yeah. So I had my phone and my Shopify POS and like I was swiping credit cards. <laughs> and what I tell you, it was the most fulfilling feeling. Um, and it all happened because I wrote it down. I had a plan and I came up with a strategy and I acted on it. That's incredible. And I love what you say, like anything is possible with a plan when you when you put your mind to it and just figure out the steps, anything is possible. Yeah. And that's something that I always stand behind because I'm proof. I'm living that every single day. I'm like anyone else listening to this right now. I didn't, I'm no more special or no more gifted than anyone else. Like we're all created equal. We're all, you know, pretty much given the same opportunities but it's what you do with it and it's what you write down and what you plan for yourself because bigger picture you have the power to design the exact life that you want if someone told me seven years ago that Kat you would be running a six-figure online e-commerce business with a product that sells out every year and your quote would has gone completely viral and you get paid to take pictures of pineapples, <laughs> I would have said you're batshit crazy. Yeah. But I'm continuing to be grateful and to really reflect back and say, wow, I did all of this because I planned for it. Yeah. So let's talk about the content planner. We've kind of alluded to it, but for nobody, for people that don't know exactly what it is, can you tell us a little bit about it and how it came to be? Absolutely. The content planner is the first and only physical planner for your blog and social media content. It helps women write down their content marketing strategy so that they can feel confident and clear and focused on how they're showing up online. If you own a business, if you sell a product, if you offer a service, if you're a blogger, or if you're in network marketing, for anyone who uses social media to essentially sell and offer things, you need to have a strategy with your content and what you're saying to your customers and how you're showing up online. So the content planner is a paper tool. It's not an online template. It's not a Google sheet. It's something that you can physically hold and where you write down exactly what, where, and when you're posting on social media. Yeah, it's very purposeful, strategic. I, I love it. And I, I am one of my favorite parts about it is that it's not January to December, like many planners, if you go out into the store, like you can start this anytime, just yes. because it's May doesn't mean you're too late. Yeah, exactly. Like planning and goal setting is not seasonal. Yes, you know, January is a popular time, but I designed the planner to be 15 months. One, because 
having to buy a planner every 12 months for me is a bit stressful. It's a bit tedious. And I wanted to give people those extra three months so they could, you know, feel really supported for more than a year. And it's also fillable, which means it's, it doesn't come dated. So you're not missing out on any month. And I understand life happens sometimes and you can't plan for a month or two. Or if you operate a seasonal business and you just launch things a few times a year. And I've also seen people just run with it. Um, if they manage multiple clients, they'll use one spread per client and do it that way. Or they'll buy a planner for each client. It's, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool to see how the community is using it for their own successes. And I mean, I use it every day to plan for the content planner. So I am my like probably most dedicated customer. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, you knew what you needed, right? Like you created what you would have wanted to use. Yeah. And going back to how I came up with the idea, it was, it was a problem that I was personally having. I've been using a daily planner every day for 17 years. Because in my high school, it was actually mandatory to plan out our day in our planner. And that's when my planner obsession first started. Now it's like a full-blown addiction, which yeah. I'm not ashamed to say. And I was looking online one day and I was like, you know what? I have a daily planner, but I need a planner to write down, okay, today I'm using these hashtags. Tomorrow I have to post this giveaway because I'm partnering with this brand. Next week, I have to shoot for this campaign that I'm a part of. And having a place to write that down just so it can be out of my brain and that I won't forget. And I looked online and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, hmm, this, this could be something, you know. And being a graphic designer, I felt very confident in designing one. So I sat down in front of my computer and literally the entire concept flowed out of my brain. There was never a doubt in my mind what it had to look like, how it had to function. I had a very clear vision for the brand and it was it was almost like a miracle, like just sitting there and having something flow out onto the screen in front of you and then being able to hold it. There was never a question what feature needed to go into it because, you know, in the past, three to five years, I had been creating content. I had been planning my own content, except with post-its and another planner and like Google Sheets. And I was like, no, 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 this isn't working for me. This is what I need. And this is how it needs to look. Yeah. And as of this recording, you are 85% sold out of this year's. So people need to get yeah. on it right now and go get your planner before, uh, before they run <laughs> out for this year. Absolutely. So the, now your Kat Gaskin account, you've got something like 57,000 followers. The content planner is almost at 20K. You have really great engagement. You work with so many different brands. So if anyone is going to tell us what we're doing wrong or how, or how we should just be <laughs> better leveraging our social media, it's you. So what do you think are sort of like the most common mistakes or what are we underutilizing as small business owners? Well, first of all, thank you. That is that will never get old of hearing. I'm like, wow, are you talking about me? So <laughs> thank you. And, you know, I'm, I'm always here to help. And I don't necessarily sugarcoat things. So when people ask me what's wrong with their account or why they're not being successful, like I tell them straight up. In terms of small business owners and what they could be utilizing more, definitely consistency. And because it's so hard, it's like anything. It's like going to the gym or 
sticking to your new lifestyle plan or showing up on time every day. Like planning is the same thing. You have to cultivate it as a habit and as something that is a priority. So at the very least, if you can just show up on one platform every day for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, and this is because you have a content plan, like never post on the fly and never post about some sort of purpose or intention. But when you have a content plan that becomes so much easier because you're like, oh, wow, I actually planned out all of these captions ahead of time when all these ideas were flowing to me. And so being consistent on social media, especially with Instagram and just the constant feed of content that's coming to you all the time, you have to be in the mix too. You have to remind your community about your business and your offers and your services and it's free. It's completely free. I launched the content planner and I sold out every single year with a very minimum budget, like zero like a thousand to even zero dollars when I was first starting out. But it sold out because of my content strategy and I was consistent. I used the right hashtags and I shared the right content. So that is probably my biggest suggestion is consistency and the next tip would be to just share your truth and be honest. And I know this might be hard for people because copywriting and really translating your voice into words can be difficult at first. And I've been there. I used to suck at talking about myself and talking about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to serve. But going back to that time of self-discovery, that's why it's so important to know who you are and to be self-aware. So that when it does come time to talk about your brand and to form those captions and to create that content, to write that blog post, to craft that email, as long as you know yourself and your business and your mission, it will be a lot easier to show up in an honest, raw, like authentic way. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. It just, you've got to sort of, you've got to go for it. And like you're saying, consistency is key. Question on the hashtags, because that's definitely where I find myself and my peers tend to like have a lot of struggle with. I think I've heard, I'm going to link to your um, Shopify master's interview because I thought that was just so well done. But I think you were talking about how don't aim for the big hashtags, like there's really no point, but aim for sort of the smaller ones with, you gave a specific uh, frame of like number of interactions. It was something like 10,000 to 100,000 or is that accurate? Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, hashtag strategy 101 is you want to work with hashtags that have between, I would say like 20,000 to 400,000 posts. And that that means when you look up the actual hashtag, there's a number at the top of the screen on Instagram that will tell you how many posts are using that actual hashtag. And the reason why it's that range is because anything lower than 20K is pretty small. So it better be a really specific niche community. And if people are posting to it, fine. But usually the smaller hashtags don't really gain a lot of traction. And there are posts in it from like days and days ago. But you want to look at the most recent posts of a hashtag that you're using and see that people are constantly posting to it every few minutes or every few days, because at least that tells you there are eyes on it and that people are looking at that specific hashtag. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where the hashtags can be too big. 
hashtag love, hashtag happy, hashtag Instagram, they have tens of millions of posts attached to it. So if you were to use hashtag love on your latest post, there is no chance for anyone to find it because 10,000 other people are using it at that very moment. So the key is to get really targeted and specific with your hashtags in that like small to medium range. And what I also like to do is look at the feed of the hashtag and just think, does this align with my brand? Does it look like what my brand looks like? Is it something that my ideal customer would also be using? Is, is this right for, you know, my messaging and the content that I'm sharing? Hashtags are crazy powerful. I'm telling you, even the other day, I run my boyfriend's account. It's it's, uh, totally different than Salty Pineapple. It's called Burger Drops, and it's about hamburgers. And he (laughs) makes these, like, really bomb classic cheeseburgers. And so I'm running our social, and I do a lot of branding and marketing. And our hashtag group on our latest post got our post in front of accounts, in front of 72%. like new accounts. So it was a video and it had about 4,000 impressions. 72% of those impressions came from accounts that weren't even following us simply because of the hashtags that I used. So when people come to me and they're like, Kat, do hashtags really work? Should I be using all 30? Absolutely. Each hashtag is an opportunity to get in front of a new community. So why not max that out? Yeah. I love it. And like I said, I will, uh, if people go to the show notes, I'll link to that shop masters interview. Cause you talk about Instagram stories and, and how you, you know, did like 10 K in sales with not as many followers as you have now. So that's, we could go on forever yeah. about that, but I will point people to that specific episode. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. We're going to end with the five questions we ask every single one of our guests. So the first thing you may have already mentioned it, maybe not, but what are the things or the projects that get you fired up in a in a good way in life? Things is definitely like pineapples, beaches, sunsets, <laughs> anything to do with that. And Hawaii, in terms of projects, I love stationery, washi tape, pens, highlighters, rulers. Like I geek out so hard on all of that and that makes me really excited. I'm actually working on a new stationery line for the content planner. You heard it here first. Stationery is coming to the content planner for 2020. And overall, just what gets me fired up is projects that make me feel excited and happy. Similar to like Marie Kondo's concept of sparking joy, I think you can apply that to anything in life. If your project sparks joy inside of you, then definitely go forward with it. And if it doesn't, let it go. Yeah, totally agree. So most entrepreneurs that I know are readers in some way or another. So I'm curious, what's the most inspiring book that you've read in the past few years? Could be fiction, nonfiction. Yes. My book that I always recommend, and I'm not a huge reader, but I read this book. I read it multiple times, but I first read it when I quit my job in October 2012. It's Robin Sharma's The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I don't know if you've ever heard no, of that book. No, I haven't. But it's... Yeah, it's a complete game changer, life changer. It will inspire you and also it's a very easy read. The biggest thing that inspired me about the book was, and it doesn't talk about business either, but the biggest thing that inspired me was his whole concept of 
serving your community and really helping people and finding a deeper purpose in the work that you do. And so when I read that book and, you know, he tells a lot of fables and stories to demonstrate the theories and examples he talks about. After reading that book, I was so focused on, okay, how am I going to make people feel? How am I going to serve people? What is the deeper purpose of salty pineapple? And that, it has stuck with me, you know, since then. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I have that on my desk. So it keeps me grounded. Awesome. Well, we'll link to it in the show notes. I definitely am adding it to my to be read list. Yes. So you have to. Yeah. So my day job is that I'm a stress reduction coach. I help women reduce their stress so that they can better enjoy their daily lives. And I'm always curious, like Mm -hmm. you've talked a little bit about balance. Like, is that what you would consider Mm -hmm. your biggest stressor to be? And then like, how are you managing that on a daily basis? Yeah, my, my biggest stressor, it definitely does have to do with balance, but I've also accepted that this is how my life is and I really enjoy working all the time and and doing things all the time to answer your question what is my biggest stressor it's it's probably right now working out and living a healthy lifestyle because when you're sitting down at a desk all day indoors like you don't get sunlight necessarily it can it can become a bit depressing and a bit sad and you look back and you're like wow I quit my job like I sit at a desk for like 14 hours a day so again keep like keeping that balance maintaining that balance because I am traveling next week and I actually just got back from the trip so just being stressed about oh I didn't go to the gym or I haven't been to the gym or I'm not eating healthy I think that's what that's what I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs do as well yeah have you got yourself a sit-stand desk no, but I think I need to get one. Oh, they're life changers, honestly. It's, what is it called? Fit stand? Uh, I, I, I don't know that that's the official name, but like uh, adjustable desks. Oh. Yeah, sit stands. You can get ones that sort of, oh, if, yeah. you, if you have a flat desk, it's really just the screen and the um, keyboard that goes up. Or you can get desks that the whole top goes up and down. And they, oh, I love standing at it. It makes a world of a difference. I know. Ikea has one and I definitely have my eye on it. Yeah. Oh, it'll change your life. So on that, what is the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given? Hmm. My best life lesson thus far is to trust the timing of everything and trust that everything is unfolding in your favor. Yeah. How has that sort of played out? Like, what was there a time when you were really not trusting it and then it turned out? Yeah, I think overall, my journey, that's been the underlying learning lesson of my journey because when I first started, all those struggles and late nights and rejection emails and not getting paid enough, I was like, wow, is this really worth it? Should I do this? Is this right for me? Like, the doubt crept in and the fear, and I was like, no, I'm not making a lot of money. Am I even going to be successful? And you know, I was like, you know what? Just stick to it. Keep on celebrating your wins. It will all eventually unfold how it needs to. And now looking back, if I was never a content creator, if I was never a photographer, I wouldn't even know how to plan my content. If I never took a graphic design course or if I never 
worked for clients, I wouldn't know how to do customer service or manage a project. And everything leading up to, you know, this very day-to-day right now has given me everything that I need to start the content planner, to run my business. And I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't go through all of those struggles. Yeah. I think, no, I, I know that you're right on this. I'm I'm really in my business. So I definitely feel that sort of, is it going to work out? Is it all going to go the way, yeah. you know, you plan and you dream of? But what I also love in like in the conversation that we've had, like it doesn't sound like the content planner was your very original goal. It was freelancing and doing graphics work, but everything shifts and evolves and sort of the way it's meant to. Yeah, of course. When I first first started, my goal was to work less and travel more. That's all I wanted to do. That was the main focus. And within a few years, I had achieved it. And so it was time to open up a new chapter. And as I said before, I had no clue that I would own an e-commerce business. I have zero business experience. I have zero marketing. Um, I have no education in starting an online business, this is all self-taught. So you yeah. can do anything with YouTube and Google, I tell yeah, you. Absolutely. And final question, Kat, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? To live my best life means to wake up every day and feel light and energetic and to feel happy, not only through, you know, smiling and laughter, but truly feeling happiness from the inside out. And feeling that you're living your purpose. I always have those moments where either I receive a message from someone or I'm at the beach and I'm just watching the sunset and I'm like, wow, I, I'm here because I did this and I designed the life that I love. And you get this like warm and fuzzy feeling inside. And to me, that's another reminder of like, okay, I'm living my purpose and I'm doing this because I meant to do it. And so living your best life essentially means simply being happy and, and feeling truly fulfilled with how you're living out your days. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Where are the best places for people to find you? And we'll link to them in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Victoria, for having me. If anyone has any questions, I'm on Instagram. You can DM me or email me. Or you can reach me at thecontentplanner.com. That's where you're going to go to order your content planner because we are over 85% sold out. And once inventory is gone, we'll have to wait until October of this year uh, for the 2020 planner to launch. And Instagram for the content planner is at the content planner. I'm constantly sharing free training and value and knowledge on how to plan your content, how to sell online, how to be good at Instagram. And then my personal brand, Salty Pineapple, is at Kat Gaskin. So if you like pineapples and sunsets and Hawaii and the beach, you can follow me there for some tropical inspiration. Perfect. Well, thanks again for joining the podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you so much.